like, oh, like it's got a kind of a steep learning curve, he says. And then, oh, it turns out I'm just like not very good at video games, what I decided. Or maybe I should clarify, uh, computer games. I'm not good at computer games. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not used to using a mouse and keyboard as my controllers. Yeah. Um, especially trying to play this on my laptop. <laughs> right. It was just, it's just awful. Um, uh, do, you, yeah. do you have a, a mouse that you can plug in? Like a, an actual... Yeah, I have a Bluetooth mouse. Okay. So, you know, that can be kind of anywhere. So I was, I was sitting on my couch. Uh, yeah. trying to play but <laughs> right. it's just my, i need to find some other way to play because this is just it's not doable yeah and i don't know about you but like i could barely so i assume you did like the training mm -hmm. stuff first All yeah right. yeah i got i got to the part the stealth missions and then i gave up because i couldn't see anything that was going on yes yeah, same it was, just, it was like way too dark same and well, I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Like, you've got this bioluminescent ability uh, that you can do to like see a little better in the dark. But the I goggles. I think no, not even the goggles. You just like click uh, F twelve, and then there's like a spotlight. Oh, yeah, yeah. That ran out for me. Yeah, so it runs out, and I can't tell when it's about to run out. It just like goes away. But also, does it does it alert guards to your presence? Do they see the light too, or do uh, you only probably. see the light? I can't tell. Like, I don't really understand. So I was trying not to use that down there. I was trying to, like, pick up the little beakers and plants and things and toss those around because that was a hint that they gave me eventually, like, to try to distract the guards. But I couldn't tell where the guards were, and I just kept getting caught. So, I, yeah, I gave up as well. I didn't complete the training. I <laughs> just like, uh, jumped to the yeah, first. no, it's like first uh mission i just yeah yeah okay did you try the first mission yet i just gave oh you just you just said no that. i just gave up on the tutorial I, <laughs> well, I was playing it earlier like before class and i was just like oh dude this is brutal like i don't i, I i'm not in the mood to play this right now oh no like it's just too frustrating yeah no i uh i think it gets a bit better once you're in the actual like first mission um because you have some options like you don't have to sneak around yeah. uh right so yeah um i'd say yeah just start a new game and just say skip the training uh so you can see what the first mission is like and if it's still just like terrible then well maybe we could get ben to stream this one that's what i was kind of wondering like wonder what his uh his computer situation is at this point, if he could get that to work. But we'll have to uh, ask him. I, I'm going to try and play it on my, because I have like a tablet. So I'm going to try to play it Ooh. on my tablet maybe. And maybe that screen can be. But like I turned the brightness up as much as it could go. And I could still like not see anything that was going on. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand. Okay, so I know that there's like the medical machine right. that will like heal you and then there's like the recharging stations right like so, so those are two different things right yeah like the white one and like the kind of like bronzish yeah orange so. one well they're definitely different and that's the one that like you can yeah and that's the one that you can charge your the bp right yeah but like i didn't find that in those in the sneaky section maybe you're just not supposed to use the light and that's why like they didn't even like provide about like i can't see what's going on yeah, I right. Anyway. I, I think uh, I think you're supposed to like hang out up up in the top little area and like watch what the guards do from up there. Um, yeah. But then I realized that they can spot you when you're up there too. <laughs> somehow, somehow they saw me when I was up there, like you know, watching them and trying to like learn their movements and stuff. And they just got on alert, and it's like, ah. crap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's easy to start restart it from when you're up there, at least. Yeah, yeah, and that is the merciful thing about this version of the game. Anyway, you can save anywhere, right? So you just like get past an obstacle, save, and then if you 
die or whatever terrible thing happens, then you can just restart really easily. It's, it's pretty quick and painless. Uh, so that's what I ended up doing, essentially yeah. save states um, to get through. Because I'm, yeah, really, yeah. really bad at this kind of game. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's, it's just like a completely di different control scheme. Um, and I, I know it's like intuitive for people who play computer, but it's not for me. Like, I just, I, I didn't play enough of these games. Yeah. So this came out in like 2000. I don't know the kind of stuff that people Seven. were playing back then. Well, I thought it was 2000 or 2001 that it came out. Was it later? Really? Now? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Day is X. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, 2000. Maybe I was playing like a, the definitive edition, and that's why. I think on Steam it said it came out in like 2007. That's why I think I was saying that. Okay. Yeah, maybe but that's... I could be wrong. Well, I mean, the the big game got before the game that of the year. Yeah, I got the game of the year and all. It has like all these great reviews and stuff. I feel like the big game before that was Doom. Although I'm not sure, there might be more more that happened in between uh, those. It was Doom and Quake. Okay, so like the sequel and all the spinoffs. Yeah, and so like my sense is yeah that people got really good at those. Uh, so that this would have been more up their alley, maybe at that point. Um, and maybe it yeah. was sort of targeted to that audience. Uh, like, I don't, I only heard about this game from Ben, like telling me about it back in the day. I, I was not like plugged into, you know, computer game news or you know, new releases or anything. So this one, I just, yeah, never, never played anything like this even. So. And, like, you know, people would play, like, uh, uh, StarCraft back then. You know, those kind of, like, yeah. strategy games on the Warcraft, computer. StarCraft, yeah. 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 Um, and they the have RTSs. a... They have a really high threshold, too, I feel like, of, like, skill that you need to play those. But, obviously, very different. But I just never got into those, either. Like, I don't know. I was trying to think about why. Um, I think it's just the, the friends I had, you know, like... People I knew played console games. Uh, well, I mean, like, I think, yeah, probably, you know, you had sports and other stuff. I remember Drew Smith was like, would play Warcraft 3. He'd stay up until like 3 in the morning playing Warcraft oh, 3. yeah, that and kid. As soon as he got home from school, he would play, he would play Warcraft 3 and like, <laughs> I mean, he would have to like sneak downstairs at the night, like in the middle of the night, and like go onto his <laughs> his like parents' office, and he would just play it, like all all night. And they had like these clans that you could be like, you know, join, and it was it was stupid um, because I wasn't good at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he was like obsessed. I think, I think he even bought there was like a website that up, like Warcraft 3 players would like divulge their strategy and like help you learn how to play the game better. I, I guess this was like before like YouTube and sh stuff like that. Right. And like I think he bought a subscription to that for like a month just to kind of like see what was going on. I mean it was only like five or ten bucks but still. It's so did he play I'm kind of curious though did he play other kind of computer games or just really just that one those uh, real-time strategy type games. I think he played that in StarCraft, which is another real-time strategy primarily. I yeah. don't know if he played any other computer games. Um, I don't yeah. think he did. So yeah, so uh, I'm just curious. Even not in my presence. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, because like, I wonder if if it's even more of like a niche thing than just like kids who play computer games. You know, people who play computer games, it's like people who play doom type computer games or people who play uh, rogue right. type computer games or um you know the uh the text adventure type games like some there's like all these kind of little niches maybe uh but i just don't know yeah i don't i don't move in those circles so uh okay i i i think that is the case and then you had yeah. like counter-strike which was like a huge thing back mm -hmm. then it was like a first person shooter 
Uh, I'm just trying to think of like the other big games I remember people playing. And then in college, it was World of Warcraft. Um, yeah. Yeah. And these things really con- yeah, consume don't... people. Like the one that you, maybe that's why you can only really play one is because like you spend, <laughs> like Drew, all your time playing that one game and just, yeah, completely I, dedicate yourself to getting good at it. Yeah. Well, I, I can't tell you how many people in my car, co- like on my, that I knew freshman year, like who failed out because they played Warcraft or World of Warcraft all the time. So now, like I remember. Now, granted, I lived on like the nerdiest floor on the campus. It was like the space discovery and universe floor, um, and so it was all. It was the only all guys floor at like all of University of Maryland. It was it was awesome. Um, but I remember like one day I was going to like visit my friend down the hall, and I, I walk into his room, and there's like seven people all sitting there like on their laptops like playing world of warcraft doing a raid i guess a raid like, yeah it was just it was yeah it was just like seven people in there like sitting in a circle like with their headphones on and stuff like that i'm like oh okay all right i guess uh sorry sorry i didn't mean to interrupt uh that is awesome um yeah uh okay okay our professor is here ben we've just been um reminiscing about the good old days in college uh, staying up all night playing video games, and how how we would play you know console games. I know Steve was really into Smash and almost failed out because of playing that all the time uh, back then. But but my theory, and based on like one anecdotal bit of evidence, is that kids who played or just people in general who played games like Deus Ex mostly played just that kind of game and. And people who played, you know, the World of Warcraft type games would just play those kind of games. And you kind of would go down a rabbit hole with these um, and just just do that one thing. But but then there's you. You played like every different kind of game. So I guess my theory is exploding before my eyes. But what, what do you think about this? Um, why are we so bad at Deus Ex in short? Uh, why, why is it so tough for us? Um, I... I admit that there is a certain lack of experience there. Yeah. Um, like I was actually just talking to a couple of a couple of my friends earlier today about the the console wars and you know how how we frequently end up pigeonholing ourselves either deliberately or accidentally just because of you know the limitations of the hobby. You know. Mm-hmm. Just that. The way that gaming worked in the 90s, either you owned a computer that was powerful enough to play all the hot new new games that were coming out for PC, or you owned the Nintendo console, or you owned the Sony console. Very rarely did someone have access to, to a whole wide variety of those things. Um, and as a result, you know, certain, certain habits uh, would kind of grow up among, you know, the way among games. If all of your friends were playing World of Warcraft, you played World of Warcraft exactly. too. Um, yes. If all of your friends were playing shooters, then you played shooters too. Um, and if all of your friends were playing Super Smash Brothers, then you played Super Smash Brothers too. <laughs> um, so you know, part part of my. Like, as, as much as it may have backfired this week, part of my intention in, in sort of bringing Deus Ex to your attention was to sort of break us out of those habits. No, man. Um, I did it. I got through the first mission, uh, although I didn't beat the training mission. Uh, both of us got stuck at the, the stealthy bit of the training mission. Oh, and just yeah, that, that quit. part is pretty And I just... But then the actual first mission isn't that bad because you don't have to sneak... Right, you can take out guards, um, and that's how I I I approached it at first. Like, I'm gonna try not to kill people. I'm trying to be like, you know, good at what this game seems to uh, want me to do. Right, with like offering all these options. Like, in theory, I could, um, you know, do this without hurting anybody. So I'm gonna try that, and I just I just kept getting killed by like the security bots, and I had no idea where to go to find Gunther 
so I, I gave up on trying to get into to Gunther's, you know, bit of the statue, and it, it was rough, but I did eventually get to the top, um, to the the terrorist boss up there. Um, so did you get a chance to play this past week? Um, I did not. Okay. I was meeting to today and got sidetracked. I've been working on writing projects and stuff. Nice. No worries. How long has it been since you've played this, then? Um, it's been a few years since my last run through. I want to say, I think it was around 2014, 2015 that I played through it again. So, okay. you know, quite a while at this point. Okay. Is the training mission in the original version of the game? Yes. Okay. And is the stealth part like super duper hard for everybody or do we just not know how to do these kind of games? <laughs> It's a little of both there. Um, <laughs> as I recall, I struggled with the stealth part as well. But a lot of it is just habit. You know, you, you, like, I, Deus Ex was not my first stealth game. Um, yeah. I had been an Assassin's Creed fan for as long as Assassin's Creed has been a thing, and it's, you know, oh. fairly light on stealth, but, you know, if you want to play it that way, it is an option. Um, I, I think at that point I even played the first Thief game, Thief the Dark Project, um, as well as Dishonored and, and some of the other stealth games that, that have come out since. Um, so I, I knew the, the basic formula. I, I know, you know, you tail guards by walking behind them slowly and, you know, you watch their patterns and make sure that you know where they're going and, and how to avoid them. Um, it, it just takes practice, I think. And every stealth game is a little different, too. Okay. Like, um, like I know Steve said that he was playing Hitman, if I recall. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very different kind of style when you're <laughs> you know looking around for the the right costume to get you past the right barriers and, and never you know dropping your your appearance. Whereas you know Deus Ex is much more about just avoiding visibility at all um, and sort of like picking off your guards one by one carefully and, and making sure that you aren't in the process or that you don't leave them in a place that is incriminating yeah um, yeah it, it's it's tricky for sure and if, if you're not used to that kind of game then you know like i i remember the stealth sections in like the legend of zelda like in a link to the past or ocarina of time where you're like sneaking around the bushes yeah hiding from the gerudo and the mutris um, so some of the same principles are definitely there, but, you know, doing it in the first person with the, the sort of what this game is throwing at you. And that, again, that particular section is just me. So <laughs> it's like, it's no big deal if, if you have trouble with it. I, yeah. I was saying I would try to watch their patterns from up high, you know, which is almost like a third person view. Like I'm used to with, you know, you know, Zelda, whatever. And they would spot me as I was watching them from that window up there. I was like, that's cheating. Like, how can you see me up here? I'm way far away from you guys. Ah, uh, so I just, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get, I couldn't get the hang of it. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The first person is definitely hard, and just like playing on a computer. Like, I'm not used to the controls with the mouse and the keyboard and all that. So that's that's part of it too. Uh, but okay. So this uh, section of the game is like well known right for kind of setting the stage for deus ex um but people don't really talk about the training part so that's why i was curious by this section i mean like the first mission or whatever right the the liberty island bit but i haven't at least i haven't heard people talk about the training part so how does the training um figure in if you do complete it does does any story like get released for you at that point um or do you can you just skip it and not really miss anything story-wise i think you can skip it without missing anything but it, it like deus ex is a lot of systems to keep track of mm -hmm. and that's what i think the tutorial is really best at like yeah. it, it really does introduce you to a pretty wide variety of systems that are you know interacting with each other um, and then, you know, dropping you into the, the Statue of Liberty mission where you can play around with all of those mechanics in a relatively forgiving environment. That's yeah. 
you know, that's why it's as memorable as it is. It's like, here are all your tools, here are all your weapons, here are all your skills. Figure it out. Go. Like, here's a big puzzle. Use whatever you want. Um, it's a very playful first mission too. It's like, you, so you you're talking to your brother, right? Um, and he says something like, "Well, you know, you're gonna take the lead on this one. It seems like somebody higher up wants to see how you handle it. You know, something to that effect." Um, which I took to be like a bit of breaking the fourth wall, maybe also just like, you know, you player. Like, we're curious, like, if you've learned how to play this game, <laughs> we want to see how you choose to approach it, you know? And and we, we want to see, like, what kind of player you are. So, yeah, so how do you tend to play this game? I mean, since you sort of, like, know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I tend to favor the, the finesse. Um, yeah. I, in, in all games like this, like System Shock 2, it's the same thing. But I, I tend to end up putting my points into, like, hacking and, and computers and stealth. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll pick up a weapon and actually shoot someone from time to time. But usually it's from as far away as I can possibly get. Yeah. Um, like, I, I prefer not being known uh, and, and favor the stealth route when I can. Um, and I think the game lends itself to that. Like, yes. yes, you can definitely brute force most of your problems. And if you're putting your, your skill points into, you know, weapons or explosives or whatever, <laughs> you know, the, the game will be challenging in a different sort of way. Um, but, you know, the, there is an incredible catharsis to, even if it's been like 12 times getting <laughs> through a complex series of corridors or whatever without anyone knowing you were there right um or even doing the the sort of tricky business where you're like putting the the bombs or the gas grenades in, in particularly tricky places and letting you know a, a series of sort of half alerts set off a, a chain of events that it incapacitates a whole bunch of guards like that's that's also a fun time right um, right well and the like you said, I think the game sort of pushes you that direction in a lot of ways, right? For one thing, the lighting is so dark all the time. <laughs> it's just like, this is a stealth game. Um, and yeah, and it's tough to take out guards without them knowing if you're doing it sort of in a head-on way. Uh, you you quickly get outgunned. And I think, again, the, uh, the security bot, I mean, is like a great example of that. Oh. It's like one of the first obstacles you come across is this like essentially unstoppable killing machine <laughs> it's like, yep. uh, apparently you can take it out or that's what the guy in the intercom says but but he advises against it and yeah i, I would second that um so one other thing i noticed pretty quickly that you get points for just exploring as well and that's another way in which like the stealth comes in because like if if you're just kind of sneaking around like seeing what's there you're, you're sort of rewarded by the game both by like getting lots of cool stuff, finding things, um, but also just like you get points. Uh, and so you can spend those points somehow. I don't really f understand that part of the game, I guess. Maybe that's later in the tutorial, but how do you yeah, do that? In the next area, I think they're going to familiarize yourself with, with all of that. But okay. yeah, getting experience will earn you skill points that you can then allocate to your various skills. Oh, right. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of where the, the choice really comes into play because, you know, as you probably noticed, a lot you're bad at at this stage of the game. Mm -hmm. Like, even to the point that if you're trying to shoot somebody, your, your aiming reticule kind of bounces around and isn't terribly <laughs> helpful. Um, like, if you're, if you're going for headshots and stealth, this is, it's extremely frustrating. Um, and that's some of the stuff that you can fix. So, you know, you improve your stealth, and now fewer enemies will be able to see you when you're above them trying to get the lay of the land. Yeah. Um, you improve your aim, and now when you're forward in a sniper rifle, you aren't wildly flapping all over the screen. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, like, but that also means, I mean, you're, you're also getting only a finite number of points. This yeah. is not 
you know, the, the sort of system that you'll find in later games where they're just so generous with it that by the end of the game you have everything. Okay. Like, Deus Ex is only going to give you enough experience to follow maybe one or two tracks. So if you put all of your points into, you know, swimming, for example, <laughs> right. you better help be able to swim through all of your problems, mm. which this is actually a particularly famous faux pas on the part of gamers if you put all your points into swimming in Deus Ex. That's um, hilarious. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, whereas if you put all your points in hacking or electronics or stealth or weapons or explosives or whatever, um, typically the game will give you options. Hmm. Like there are a couple places where the swimming really is handy. Most of the time, you can get around it. Um, well, that's one of the first it, things. It means that, Sorry. I was just yeah. going to say, that's one of the first things I did, which I think shows just how bad I am at this game. I decided, okay, swimming was one of my options. Like, I didn't put much points. I didn't put any points in it. But I, I was like, oh, okay, so there's all this water. I'm going to swim around in it for a while and see what I find. And maybe I just swam the wrong direction, but... There's nothing there. It was just a complete waste of time. And so, yeah, I think it's like a little joke on the player, maybe, if you're like excited about swimming in a first-person shooter game. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there are places where the swimming will reward you. I, I remember one particular area, and I think the Hong Kong area, where you can actually get some really sweet stuff if you swim, or swim explore. <laughs> okay. um, but, yes, it's, it's not common. <laughs> Uh, but I love that it's an option. Oh, so like, yeah. So when you start yeah. the actual game, maybe the actual first thing is you see like this weird cutscene of a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, a bunch of names are dropped. It's like we get the lay of the land a little bit, um, and then and then you get to well, I forget what order, but then at some point in there, you also allocate some points to different you know skills, and and you can also change like your appearance slightly. Um, you can change like your, uh, race and your, the way your hair looks and stuff like that. Uh, but your eyes are always like this terrifying bright blue, no matter what face you put on. And then you can change your name as well. Uh, not your code name, but your, your real name. Uh, so all of that I found kind of interesting from a role-playing perspective. That, that's more like a D and D kind of thing, right? You, um you do kind of design your character uh, just to a, to an extent. And uh, and then, yeah, aside from that, then it just drops you in um, and you're off and running. Uh, so it's it's really pretty quick, assuming you can get through the training um, and kind of get the hang of all the controls. It is really quick to, to let you try out a bunch of stuff. So it's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I had to just save like every few feet uh because i was getting killed so so much uh it was disastrous i i was humbled and i decided i i am not very good at games it turns out um uh, but a learning yeah, experience I, I, admit, I am kind of throwing you into the deep end of the pool on this one <laughs> uh, like, oh mm. so but I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's sort of a uh that's understandable it's not it's nothing personal then uh I can, I can work with that. But so I, I did stop. I stopped after talking to the terrorist. I haven't gone and talked to my boss yet. So that's as far as I've got with this, um, is like the terrorist's point of view. Uh, and what he says is that they were trying to bring the vaccine to the people. Uh, and I let him live. Uh, I guess maybe you have to, to get him to tell you a little bit more. Um, but I found that really interesting that the game also sort of puts you in the position of the bad guy pretty quickly too. Like you are at least morally ambiguous, I'll say, in what you're doing here. Um, because these terrorists seem to be very much like Robin Hood type figures. And you seem to be very much the, uh, the on the agent side of things as far as the Matrix goes, right? You're, you're like the, the yep. man. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I felt weird about that. Um, so yeah, I didn't want to kill them. I didn't want to, but I ended up having to because I'm just not very good. <laughs> so I felt, felt bad about that. Which I honestly think is kind of an interesting point in its own right. Like it, it's something that a lot of video games 
do in fact kind of put front and center, especially with the, these sorts of stealth games, you know, mm. Thief, Dishonored, and Deus Ex, and the like, it's hard not to kill people. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, killing people solves so many dead guard. It's, yeah. Dead people will not shoot at you. It, it, it's... <laughs> because of these attacks on its sovereignty and, and it isn't really what it used to be um i know that there were battles before and i want to say that this was a thing that happened in the past if only because like it, it's kind of large scale for the terrorists we're dealing with here they, they seem dealing this stuff is concerned but making a big stink and blowing off the head seems a little much um but again i'm, I'm I don't remember 100%. It has been a little while. Okay. Um, no but yeah, it, it, at the very least, we're going to run across other locations that are equally beat up. Mm -hmm. um, th this is not a new situation, even if this particular instance was recent. Yeah. Well, so there's like multiple terrorist groups out there too, right? They're sort of not uh, unified. Uh, so it could have been somebody totally different. Um, yeah. And so the headless Statue of Liberty is obviously like a really nice symbol, uh, but it sort of has maybe a few different possible ways to, to interpret. Um, and then I was super confused before getting into this, just like the fact that the, uh, the militias, hideout or you know headquarters or whatever is also right there on the island so th so the terrorists took over part of my home basically right and like um we're just that bold to go straight to the yeah. headquarters of this you know immensely powerful uh, police you know battalion um that that was just very confusing to me uh like why <laughs> why is why are both these things on this one island i guess yeah i suspect that's more convenience than anything like the for the sake of you know making sure that you can transition directly from shooting terrorists to being in your home base okay um, it is striking and i i get the sense that first off that this isn't like the only base yeah. Um, it's also entirely possible that this was an accident. Like, if you're a secret organization, presumably you don't broadcast where your headquarters are. Oh, true. So this was just really bad luck on the part of the terrorist. Um, <laughs> but the other possibility is just, like, as much as this is this super secret, super powerful organization, maybe it isn't as powerful as it claims to be. Mm -hmm. um, like... You know, as I as I mentioned, the United States as we know it has obviously changed rather dramatically, symbolized at the very least by the, the headless Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And while the game never can afford the sort of scope you exact how powerful any organizations are, like there's never going to be a moment see, you know, thousands of people taking the field. There, there won't be a, a Normandy Beach invasion. Hmm. Um, just, again, largely because of the graphics limitations, because of how much could be rendered. But it is really worth noting, especially in the next section when we do sort of wander around the home base and, and take a look at things, it's kind of unclear how organized they actually are. It seems that their reach is enormous, but their resources, maybe not so much. Um, it, it seems more like... You know, it, it is a power and force and that only exists because of the technology that is available. And it's not so much that, you know, they are miles away from any comparable power structure so much as just this is the reality of the world. Every surveillance, all these different factions have this kind of power in one way or another. And 
UNATCO as important as it may be, may just be one of many organizations claiming the authority of the United States government or claiming the authority of the United Nations. Yeah. Um, and we'll be getting into that sort of weird politics later in the game. Okay. Yeah. I, there's just like sort of bits and pieces that they throw at you right up front. Um, yeah. The, well, so the, the head being off the statue to me means uh, the country is no longer a beacon, you know, of freedom or liberty or, or opportunity. Uh, it is, it is a, it is a ruin, you know, it, it's a, it is no longer uh, actually an, an empire or a civilization or whatever you want to call it. Right. It's, it's the shell of its former self. Um, and instead of welcoming, you know, the masses, it has turned into this like terrifying police state. Right. Um, and so the, the islands uh, of, you know, hope and a new opportunity or whatever is, is now just like a symbol of um, stark power. But like you said, maybe this is a secret base. So maybe we should throw that one out to an extent, but just like, yeah, the, the vision and the ideal of the country is like completely shattered. Uh, and, and all that's left, it turns out is force, uh, which is like very depressing to me. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a heck of a way to start a game. Uh, but yeah, uh, what, what else, I mean, what else is going on with that headless Statue of Liberty or I don't know what, what impression did that give you when you first played? I think there is, I mean, definitely the idea of this, you know, ruined state, these ideals that have sort of fallen into disrepair, all of that absolutely applies. Um, but I think too about, you know, what you were talking about with opportunity, the, the idea that as much as the Statue of Liberty is meant to represent freedom, and now a freedom that has sort of been replaced with oppression. It also very much represented, you know, th that was the first thing that immigrants saw when they migrated yeah. from Europe, from Asia, or, you know, anyone who came to the East Coast through Ellis Island. And even, you know, the inscription, give me your poor, your huddled masses, um, you know, this is not a welcoming place anymore. Um, in part because of that oppressive power structure, in part because of that regime. But there's also a certain amount of xenophobia that mm -hmm. that implies. Um, like, there's, you think, you know, nowadays of, of the rampant nationalism, of, of the, the sort of xenophobia that was accompanying the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, think the game was fairly prescient in seeing how America was going to respond to its enemies in the next decade, as well as being prescient about, you know, the, the business of viruses and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's probably no coincidence that this was released in roughly the same time as 9-11. Yeah. You know, it would be, be for Vendetta, you know, suggesting many of the same ideas, oh, yeah. the movie afterwards and the, the comics beforehand. Um, I think a lot, Deus Ex belongs to a, a fairly large amount of media that sort of tapping into the awareness that, you know, the difference between a free and enlightened society and a fascist and, and sort of paranoid one mm -hmm. is thin. Mm -hmm. um, it's, and it's also a, a typical theme of cyberpunk literature the board, like ever since Neuromancer and snow crash you've got all of these writers sort of talking about um a world that is simultaneously sort of like melting into itself eroding national boundaries and getting all um it's about alienation about how technology that is meant to bring us closer together is in fact doing a much better job of keeping us apart <laughs> yeah well at some point i found a weapon and the description of it was like, this weapon is mysterious. We don't know who made it, uh, but here's all the specs on like how powerful it is. So I was, I was kind of interested in the world that is built around this like bright blue eyed person who can spotlight objects with bioenergy and like, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the technology aspect, um, seems, well, 
it seems problematic for a few reasons. Like we started the conversation talking about how like these are not the kind of games we even played. Um, partly because yeah, we didn't have uh, the kind of computer that could play this, or and or because we had other games that we did play, right? And we had like only so much time and the friends we had would talk about certain kinds of games and not others. And, and so th there's all these reasons, right? But they all kind of come back to the technology that's available to you. Um, and so in a way it's like encoded into the game itself. This is like uh, the, the limits that technology places on you, even as it also gives you some powers, right? Some abilities. Um, so I just find that really interesting. I'm not sure quite what to make of that. Um, and obviously, uh, this is something that has only gotten more so over time, right? Like the the powers and also the dangers uh, of of our devices, like continually are accelerating, um, and basically are out of our control. I think most people would probably acknowledge that at this point. Um, so yeah, I don't it know. It's very hard to put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But what about those, what about those bright blue eyes? Uh, this is just kind of a open question. Like I don't particularly have a, a thought about this other than the racial component is like quite interesting, right? That that's like one of the few things you can change about your appearance. Um, but the eyes stay blue. Did, did either of you guys have a thought about that? Or is this just a weird, weird thing to notice and fixate on? I mean, it is hard not to notice the, the kind of Nazi assumption there, like the, the idea of the, the Aryan ideal being this blonde, blue-eyed figure. And um, at least like the default setting for, for JC is that he's like dark-haired, but with the bright blue eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's, uh, at the one hand, there is something, very, you know, again, xenophobic, fascist, something that, like, exudes power and authority, um, and power and authority wielded improperly. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, there's something very alien about it as well. Like, these are not blue eyes the way that humans usually have blue eyes. <laughs> right. They're blue eyes that they have human yeah. eyes yeah. because of the technological changes. Um, and there is absolutely, like, it's it's hard not to make the comparison between Denton and the sort of Nietzschean by way of fascism, Ubermensch idea. <laughs> you know, he is super strong, super well-trained. Like, he really is over human beings. Yeah. Um, they stand no chance against it. That's the reason why he exists. Um, and as a result, you know, that all the baggage that you would get from nature, the idea that he shouldn't be bound by conventional morality, the idea that he overcomes all obstacles and, and, you know, people just like have to lie down before him, you know, all of that is sort of in this. You get to do what you want, you know, barring occasional problems with stealth. Um, <laughs> so... You know, it, it's hard not to read that in there. Yeah. He is both, you know, the ideal human and something more, something greater, question mark, but something alien in its own. Yeah. Which I, which is interesting. Like, you know, it, I, I think it kind of taps at the heart of, of what that whole, you know, Nazi mentality was all of. Like, if you're going to worship one particular kind of human being, is, is it really even human anymore? Like, huh, huh. have you lost what was important that you were trying to capture and, and retain? That's interesting. Yeah, the, the little bit of dialogue we get that starts this off is like, um, it hints at the fact that your uh, character has been created and manipulated in a certain way. Um, but to me, it was unclear uh, who is really in charge, right? And what their intention is. And also just the dynamic between your 
player, you know, your, your character, basically, and um, his brother was also, an, I, I don't know which one is which. I guess, like, they say something about, like, the primary one and the secondary one. And there's some kind of tension there. And I can't tell which one I am. Uh, which one is you Paul? The, which new the new model. Okay, yeah. so JC is the yeah. new one. Paul is the... Well, so the names confuse me on that because I thought that Paul comes after JC, right? right. <laughs> it's like in terms of uh, uh, if, we're, if we're going, you know, very biblical with these, uh, with these allusions here. Um, yeah, it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah, so far, so far I've noticed uh, Jaime Reyes... His name basically translates to King James. So we've got him. He's like telling you about stuff in the training. Um, and then, yeah, the obviously the title of the game, right? Deus Ex, uh, part of a phrase that refers to God out of the machine. Um, but in this case, it's like truncated. We don't know. It's, I don't know, yeah, just to go. Where does God come from? <laughs> right. And, and what does he look like? And yeah, is he recognizably human in a way that we can all kind of get behind or not. Um, yeah, yeah. So th there, are, uh, that's all another thing that the headless statue of Liberty makes me think about, right. Is like this, the smashing of the idols, right. Um, the, the breakdown, not just of a political idea or even a like economic or social one, but like essentially a, a religious one, right. A, uh, um yeah a guiding ideology religion whatever you want to call it like is is absent here um we're kind of yeah we're left with this very open-ended like exciting in some ways but also just terrifying in others uh game so it's it's pretty cool uh starting out but i definitely have been struggling um Definitely been a little bit at sea with it. Um, but how far should we play for next time? Um, I believe the next section will take us through UNATCO headquarters. Um, we'll be able to explore the place and talk to lots of people and, okay. get a, nice. and possibly break into a few offices and steal some stuff, you know, <laughs> depending on how you want to do this. I didn't try um, killing Paul. Is it possible to kill Paul right I, up front? I don't know. I have not tried myself. I imagine it is. It usually is. Um, this game tends to be pretty open-minded about the player just doing whatever crazy nonsense they feel like doing, um, no matter how destructive to the story it may actually prove to be. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I might check on that when I get around to, to my first run. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely wander around UNACO headquarters people explore things break into offices read other people's emails however you want to do things um i believe they will then dispatch you on your which like this one should have a pretty sensible endpoint mm -hmm. uh, to to work toward uh I, I believe it ends with a little bit more question about how you know whether what you were doing was right or you know is it really or any but yeah uh play the next mission is basically what it comes down to and mm. if you can't make it it turns out that it's more parts than i thought don't worry okay. um i'm pretty sure that it's like next mission and then you bum around your stuff uh if i'm wrong and you bum around your first then we'll just do that okay when you get a chance write up a little like a beat by beat of the first i don't know few few missions if you can to yep. to give us some idea of where to start and stop and stuff um and yeah uh, any any like overarching tips you would give the novice deus ex player uh i i found it easier to kill people that that's the, the hint i would throw out for everybody um but again maybe you don't get all the sweet exploration points and stuff and the catharsis of overcoming an obstacle is less i guess but each their own it worked I'm, for me i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm very much going to try to avoid telling you how to okay um 
the one thing I will say is explore everything. Yeah. Um, read everything. Yeah. And in what is probably the, the most fitting sort of uh, like dovetail with the theme, feel free to just get as much information as possible by whatever means necessary. Mm. <laughs> um, like you are better better equipped when you are better informed, even if that means a couple of questionable flirtations with invasions of privacy. Mm. Um, so yeah, like open, uh, unlock all the computers, get all the passwords, pickpocket whatever keys necessary, like whatever it takes for you to get a better sense of what's going on around you. Uh, I mean, it, it's useful for us on a sort of talk about more details for us to sort of discuss and dissect but also just from the perspective of the game like the more you know the world playing and the richer the experience will be cool yeah no i definitely got the the tingles when i would like you know find a little locked door somewhere and i you know had to had a lock pick or a multi-tool handy and i could get in there um it's yeah, it's a very strange experience. Uh, nothing like the games that I grew up playing. So I'm glad to finally get around to it. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll play through the next little bit of mopping up and the next mission, if possible, for next time. I do know uh, that we're close to figuring out a time to talk about Stardew Valley. If you guys want to... Yep join in for that yeah so that will be fun um yeah anything else uh i don't know i feel like there was something else i was supposed to catch up with you guys about here i not started reading the dissertation you recommended there is the reading yes yes it's uh yeah it's interesting um a large portion of it is just text from the game uh, at the end. It's like an appendix. So you don't have to read all that if you don't want to. <laughs> uh, don't think it really adds a whole lot. Um, but I don't know. Uh, maybe we should yeah, push that back a little bit. Um, Give you more time to get shot in Deus Ex. I know. It's, it is time-consuming. Um, Man, but thank goodness for the generous uh, save state. I mean, it's essentially save states. Like you can save every few feet. It's awesome. Uh, and yep. It's quick. So and feel free to keep a few of them going. Yeah. Um, like I, I will typically have a sort of baseline game save for you know the, this is a place where I am one hundred percent safe and everything is good. But then I'll have a couple of sort of danger saves yes uh, for various situations and keep in mind too that you know some of the decisions you make in the game not maybe to your advantage to save before you make them uh, that, save, save what the alternatives might look like that's the other thing i was going to ask yeah okay can you highlight I, I know this would be sort of spoiling but like hmm well here's the question i guess does the game provide a way for you to go back and do stuff easily, like the way that um, the Zero Escape games do, where there's like branching timelines and you sort of like get to go and see all the other stuff going on? Or does this game sort of make you play it all the way through to see different things? From um, it's kind of a neither in oh, okay. this case. It's more organic. Hmm. Um, so, you know, the decisions you make, you're just not going to know what the outcome is hmm. unless you literally go back and do the other thing. Okay. Um, the game treats you as though there's one timeline okay. that you, you have done is permanent. So it's totally up to if you want to you know, try and fall but probably a good idea to save before you do um, for a variety of reasons. And likewise, there's stuff for a little while, but there is a decision coming. Again, it may not even look like a decision when it's happening. Hmm. The last time I played through it, 
rather passionate and, and did something that the game wasn't entirely expected. And it <laughs> was fine. Like a solution was provided and jumped the gun a little bit, but it totally within the, the balance system. So if you get the, the urge, the desire to change the world in a dramatic way, don't be afraid to, but maybe save first. Okay. Yeah. I kind of suspect that if you try to kill Paul, he just headshots you like immediately. That's what I think is going to happen. Be surprised. <laughs> but I also wouldn't be terribly surprised if you can pull it off. Oh man. Um, can you, can you catch up to that helicopter? There, there's a helicopter taking off and it's like just taking off as you come up to see it. Can you somehow run up and grab onto that or, or blow it up or something? Uh, <laughs> Lame. Okay. 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 Well, all right. Well, I'll try again. I'll, I'll probably end up starting a new game and, and try to do a little better once I get a little better at the game. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is encouraging. I feel less crummy uh, after talking through some of this stuff. How do you feel, Steve? You've been quiet. Oh, there. I feel. I feel. I feel great. <laughs> it's uh, like. <laughs> It's 11 p.m. on a Thursday night. Playing some, ready to play uh, some Dave's. Before sex. I did, I you know I, I didn't play the first mission, so like it was hard for me to kind of contribute. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. But I'll I'll be sure to play for next week. Now that Wes has assured me that the tutorial training section is much worse than the actual gameplay. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm also going to have to find a brighter computer screen um, <laughs> so that I can actually see what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I think there are options in the game that will allow you to turn mm -hmm. if necessary. That might be yeah, smart move. Yeah, no, I went into the menu and like I, I mean, maybe there's other settings, but I went into the menu and adjusted it to the brightest uh, that oh, okay. it could be. Or at, least I, or at least I thought I did, and then I did the right. same on my computer. Um, are you playing? But the I'll figure. I'll get it figured out. Are, are you playing the revision mm -hmm. mod or the the original? I think. I bought the Game of the Year edition on Steam, so I assume I'm just not playing the modded version. Okay, it might be worth downloading the mod. Might clean up the problem. Okay. Like it is a dark game in its original, for sure. <laughs> right. um, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm doing you know, it. Was like I, when I got to the stealth section, I was like, I can't even see where these guards are coming from. So like, I would go through and just get caught. I was like, I, I don't know where these guys are popping out of. But um, I'll persevere next week. Yeah, dude. And, and and get through and then and get through whatever we said we were gonna get through tonight. So yeah. Yep. I, if it becomes too daunting, feel free to just let me know. We can you know plan to talk in two weeks instead of one or like yes. go shorter and talk about what we find if we think that there's plenty. Like I honestly think there's tons to talk about just in the UNACO headquarters. Right. Um, right. But I also don't want to restrict us. Well yeah, and this is a thought. I mean, would you be willing to stream some of this gameplay, Ben? Is that something you have any inclination in trying? I think I have all of the equipment necessary. Um, I might embarrass myself thoroughly with, you know, dying <laughs> much more than I sound like I should be doing given my posed and proclaimed expertise. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can definitely record myself. Yeah. I did back install. The, the software I was using to do that before. Um, right with the Lost so, Kingdoms, right? Yeah, I would like to get that last version of Lost Kingdoms, but I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Well, therefore, it would need to be redone. Um, so I'm a bit daunted. I may never actually record the like final two episodes or whatever. I feel um, like that would be fitting yeah. somehow, you know? Just yeah. <laughs> per the name. Totally appropriate. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I think I can handle the streaming. Um, do you want me to do it, record it, put it? It's, I mean, it's totally up to you, uh, as as you will. Um, but do let us know how you decide to oh. approach that. Yeah, uh, I like that idea. Yeah. Is there a time that would be good if you if we were going to do it live? Like, should I do it Tuesday nights, like we did with Near, or? I think that time works for me. Yeah, I. Anytime, you know, 
I usually get home from work around 7, 7.30, so anytime after that on a weekday, I should be good. Mm. Okay. Yeah, usually um, Sarah and I are like eating dinner and stuff until about 7, but after 7, I should be able to, to pull that off as long as we all know what's happening. Cool. All right. Very cool. I will plan on playing on Tuesday then, and we'll get through the tutorial, hopefully, and the statue, and as much of UNACO headquarters and other stuff as I can. Oh my gosh. That's going to be awesome. Cool. Yeah. Send me, send me some details on that and I will post them in various places. Try to get, Very good. get that going.